And welcome back to another episode of Unfailing Love the Podcast. I'm your host, Lenore Denae, and I'm so blessed and excited that you are yet again back for another episode. Thank you guys so much for your support. I'm excited and looking forward to today's conversation. Listen, the past couple of days have been so interesting. Like, I would be lying if I said to y'all that, you know, as I'm going through this process of being obedient to God with this podcast and with the bulk and everything like that, that things have been easy. That would be a lie. Um, the enemy does not like when we walk on our purpose. He does not like when God gets the glory out of our lives. He does not like when, despite his best efforts to keep us out of alignment, God gets us back into alignment. He does not like how, despite his best efforts to throw us off track and to get us to doubt and, you know, question if God said what he really said concerning the promises on our life, that we still say yes to him, that we keep walking and our authority and walking in our identity like he hates that that is what he hates because he knows that if we finally get to a place where we walk and who we are in God and when we finally get to a place where we walk in our purpose and our destiny that it will not just free us but it will free so many different people's lives and so I just wanted to say that take heart that if you're going through a season right now where you feel like you know you are walking in your purpose and you're doing what God is calling you to do but you feel so much opposition just know that you're you're right where you're supposed to be. Even Jesus was tempted by the enemy. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later today. But while you're going through it, just know that there is a purpose and there is something on the other side of what it is that you're facing right now. The enemy will not win. He will not win. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so anytime the enemy tries to come up against you or tries to tell you that, you know, you're not in the place that God has you or you start to doubt or question, did God really say Yes, God did really say, and everything that he has spoken over your life will come to pass, despite of it, in spite of the enemy's best efforts to keep them from happening. Because God is not a man that he shall lie, nor the son of man that he shall repent. If he spoke it and if he said it, it will come to pass. So the verse that I'm going to read for you today is Romans chapter 8, and I'm going to start at verse 15, and I'm going to go down to verse 18. Actually, I'm going to go down to verse 19. So it says, since you have not received the spirit that makes you fearful slaves, instead you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet, what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for the day when God will reveal who his children really are. I love this verse so much, these verses, because not only does it affirm that because we have, you know, come into this relationship with God, we are his children. We are children of God. We have been adopted as his own. He has put his stamp on us <laughs> And has said, these are mine. He has marked us from the very beginning. Um, but it's saying that since we are his children, we are heirs. 
um, and together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Um, and I want to pause real quick because you guys know I love definitions. And I just want to look briefly into the definition of that word heir. And so the word heir means someone who has been appointed to receive an inheritance. An heir is a person who receives something of value from a father. And so when God is saying that, you know, we are heirs together with Christ um, of God's glory, he's literally saying that we have a right, we have been appointed by God to receive an inheritance from God that we will share in the inheritance that Jesus that Jesus shares because of the fact that we are children of God. But if you look later on in that verse, um, and this is kind of what I want to focus on today, but if you look later on in that verse, it says, but in fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Mm. That word suffering, like we don't like to talk about suffering. Um, I think there's this big misconception that when we become saved that, you know, everything is going to be okay because now we have this relationship with God that life should now be perfect. But that couldn't be further from the truth. And I and I love this concept of suffering with Christ as opposed to suffering without Christ. Because when I think about those who have yet to come to a relationship with God, they are suffering just like we are suffering. We have people all over the world that are suffering in similar capacities or um, different capacities than we are suffering. Everybody has experienced some level of suffering. But when I think about people who don't have a relationship with God, when they suffer, they are suffering alone. When they suffer, they are suffering by themselves. They are figuring everything out by themselves. They're dealing with their own emotions, working through their emotions by themselves. That like everything is a by themselves journey. Not to say that they don't have people that are helping them through that, but nobody can be with us 24-7 except God. Like nobody is able to, in the middle of the night, you know, when you're crying and you're suffering and you don't have a friend that you can call on, like we are able to, because we have this relationship with God, we're able to suffer with Christ. We don't have to suffer by ourselves. And so as I'm, you know, going through the season right now where I feel like I'm not going to say I'm necessarily suffering, but there would be some level there. This is low key kind of suffering. Like I'm going through a lot of things right now. And I believe it's a, a indirect correlation with the fact that God is truly getting the glory out of my life in this season. Like God is really moving and like moving mightily. Um, and I say that humbly, but I'm saying that to just emphasize the point that I mentioned earlier that like when we are walking in our purpose and we, we are really trying to do what it is that God is calling us to do and we are really putting him first and we are really like, you know what, I'm not going to be distracted. I'm going to just keep my eyes on God. Then the enemy is like, I don't like that because he wants us to stay in a place where we're ruled by our emotions, where we're ruled by our flesh. He does not want us to be ruled by the spirit. But I love the fact that we, not only is there this promise that we have an inheritance, that we are heirs with Christ, but the fact that it's saying like, we must also share in his suffering. Like that doesn't sound good, but the fact that we are sharing in his suffering means that it's not something that we are going through by ourselves or something that he has not experienced. Christ went through and was tempted with all things. Like we mentioned in a previous episode, he literally has experienced that fear that we might have experienced, the pain that we have experienced, the the anguish, the feeling like we were rejected and abandoned, feeling like we were alone at times, feeling like we couldn't count on our friends at times. Like God has been, Jesus has been there. And because he has been there, when we are going through these seasons where we feel like we are suffering for any reason, 
we can take heart that he has suffered and is suffering with us in that season. That it's not a thing to where it's like, okay, well, you get yourself together and then you come find me afterwards. He's like, no, because I've gone through everything that I've gone through while you're suffering, I'm able to help you and strengthen you while you go through what you go through because I know what it's like to also go through things. And I love it if we drop down to verse 18. I love that it says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. But let's just look at the first part of that verse because it says, yet what we suffer now, which just reaffirms the fact that we will, as believers of God, have seasons of suffering, that we will, as believers of God, have moments and times where we feel like we are really going through it and it won't feel good and we won't be happy about it and it won't be, you know, a season where we're always suffering well. Like there might be some grunting, complaining at some times and it doesn't mean that that is what God desires from us. But no, this is telling us like what we're suffering now, what you're going through now. So God is acknowledging like you are going through some things right now, but that is nothing compared to what it is that I'm going to do in your life later on. That is nothing compared to what is going to come out of you or what is going to be produced in you because you've gone through this suffering, because you've allowed me to carry you through this season, because we share in Christ's suffering. God is like, what you're going through now, you're not even going to be able to, it's like apples and oranges. <laughs> like you're not even going to be able to compare the two because it literally will be like night and day. And I think about, because a lot of times when I read the Bible um, and God speaks to me kind of like in parables relative to my kids, like that's one of the ways that he's able to really get me to understand what he's trying to say to me. So he'll oftentimes use my relationship with my kids. And when I read this, I think about a pregnancy. And I think about how, like, during the pregnancy with my son, I was so sick. Like, I remembered, like, I couldn't keep anything down. Like, there were some days I couldn't get off the bed. I just was always sick. I didn't feel good. I was having back pain, just all types of stuff. But when my son came, I wasn't thinking about all of the days that I was sick or all of the times that I threw up. It was like everything that I had suffered was nothing compared to the baby that I was holding in my arms. And that is a word for somebody because all of us have to go through seasons of spiritual birth where God is trying to birth something out of us. And and anytime you're going through labor or anytime you're in a pregnancy, that involves some level of discomfort. But when you keep your eyes on the fact that, okay, in this many months or in this amount of months, I know that there is going to be a great promise. At the end of this, it makes the pain worth it because you realize what I'm suffering now is not worthy to even compare to what is going to take place later on or what is going to be produced later on. You have no idea what it is that God is trying to get out of you. You have no idea where it is that God is trying to take you. There is so much in you. There is so much in you, things that are in you that you don't even, you're not even aware of yet. Like we're, we like to be people, especially in this day and age, we all want to be self-aware and everybody wants to have this level of self-awareness, which is absolutely amazing. I believe I'm very self-aware. However, I have to be humble and also know that there's some stuff in me that I don't even realize is in me, whether it be good, bad, or ugly. And God has to prune things and really get me to a place where the stuff that the good things that he wants to get out of me are able to, to come out. But he first has to take me through a process of pruning where it's like, let me get the weeds and all of the ugly, junky stuff out so that we can really see the beautiful thing that I'm trying to actually produce 
in you. So you have no clue what it is that God is going to do or how God is going to use this season of your life. But I know for a fact, because the word of God says it, that what you are suffering now, if you are suffering with Christ and suffering for the sake of the gospel, what you're suffering now is not even worthy to be compared to what it is that God is going to produce in you later on. And I want to make clear that because I just said suffering with Christ and suffering for the sake of the gospel, those two things are key because there were plenty of seasons that I was suffering and it was not for Christ's sake. I was suffering because I didn't want to surrender over to God what he was asking me to surrender to him. I was suffering because I wasn't obedient to what it is that God was asking me to do. Or I was suffering because of my pride and me not wanting to humble myself before God. There were some seasons where I was suffering because I just wanted to do my own thing and I didn't want to be led. I wanted to be the leader of my story. And God was like, I can't be God in your life if you're going to be God. So I'm going to give you over to your desires. And when he does that, that's not always a good thing. That's not all that doesn't always feel good. So in those seasons, I can't say that I was suffering for the sake of the gospel or suffering with Christ. That was just seasons of suffering that I put myself into because of those things that I just mentioned. But there is a difference when we are really doing what it is that God is calling us to do and we are in alignment with the will of God for our lives, that we will have some level of suffering because the enemy is upset and he doesn't like that. He doesn't like when we say yes to God's will because saying yes to God's will means more lives saved. Saying yes to God's will means more more souls um, actually coming into an understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ and saying yes to God. He doesn't like when we say yes to God and he doesn't like, you know, when we come into the will of God, because that means that that's less people that's in hell and more people that's in heaven. He doesn't want us to depopulate hell and populate heaven. He wants us to keep hell populated. And so because his desire is to keep hell populated, he is going to try anything that he can do to keep us children of God out of a place of alignment with the will of God. So that way other people continue to stay stuck and we even stay stuck um and so this is telling us that when we are suffering with christ we're suffering and sharing in his suffering then we will absolutely see the fruit of what it is that have been sown in the seasons where we feel like we are going through suffering and god will get us to a place where like even going back to um the scripture that we're reading out of verse 19 says for all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Like, man, God is literally trying to get us to a place where people can finally see who we are in him. Because if people finally see the light that is in us and on us because of God, because of the Holy Spirit that is on the inside of us, darkness can dwell where there is light. And so the enemy wants to keep us in the dark and keep the children of God from being revealed because when we are revealed, like I said, that is less people in hell and more people now going to heaven because they have come into the the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ and him accepted him and their Lord and their Savior. And let's drop down to verse 23. Um, I'll actually start at 22. It says, for we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth, similar to what I just talked about right up to the present time and we believers also grow even though we have the holy spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory i'll pause right there it says we believers also grow even though we have the holy spirit within us there is this deep groaning that i have sometimes because it's like i feel like we are so close to seeing god made manifest like i'm really 
like man the past couple of days it's like this like i really feel like internally i have been groaning like jesus abba because i know that we are getting so close and the enemy is like oh they're right at the cusp so i'm going to try to kill as many of them if i can't kill them physically i'm going to try to kill them spiritually i'm going to try to kill them mentally i'm going to try to kill them emotionally because they are getting so close to the promise they are getting so close to the breakthrough it is not going to be long before jesus comes back and that's not the scariest. As believers, we should have hope in that. We should look forward to that. But as believers, we also, also should be hurting because of the number of people that might not make it in because we have not come into this place where we have, you know, allowed, you know, we have suffered with God and we have allowed him to prove us and we have stepped into our God-given assignments. And the rest of the verse says, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. So this is talking about, you know, the coming of Christ and all those promises later on. But when I read this, it still just to me speaks to the fact that there is a waiting that we even as believers are waiting for. We are waiting for Jesus to come back because we know when he comes back, he will make everything right again. No more sickness, no more diseases, no more pain. No more suffering, no more any of that. But in the meantime, in between time, while we are on this side of heaven, we will continue to experience that for the purposes of advancing the kingdom of God. But again, going back to how I started this, we know that when we suffer with Christ, suffer with Christ, suffer with Christ, that we are not alone, that we don't have to figure out, you know, how do I get from point A to point B to point C? How do I heal myself? How do I... We don't have to worry about any of that stuff. God will work out the key when we suffer with Christ. So when you're going through it, how does that look practically to suffer with Christ as opposed to suffering alone? Talk to him. Tell him how it is that you're feeling. Your prayer don't always have to be like, thus saith the Lord and thou, Lord Jesus, I just pray that like, it doesn't have to be that deep. Have a conversation with your father, your heavenly father. Tell them how you're feeling. God, I don't understand this right now. God, why why am I in this place? What is it that you want me to learn while I'm in this season? God, I don't understand. Like, like, what is the purpose of this? Ask him questions. And I grew up where you didn't ask God ask God questions. But there's so many times in the word of God where it says to seek God, to ask of God. There's so many verses that tell us that we can keep knocking, that we can keep seeking. God, like there's a verse in Jeremiah, I think it's 33 and three call to me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Like, so God wants us to be in relationship with him where we are honest about where we're at, where we have conversations with him, where we ask him the difficult questions, knowing that he hears us, that he cares and that he will answer us. And if he does not answer the question that we are asking, that does not mean that he does not want to speak to us. Maybe we have to readjust the question. Maybe he's already answered us. But that's one practical way that while we're suffering, we can suffer with Christ as opposed to suffering alone. It's part of suffering with Christ is actually getting into the word and look in it, look at the life of Jesus and what it is that he has experienced. So that way, when we get to the part of scripture that says that we don't have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, we'll actually believe it because we have studied the life of Jesus to see, okay, so what weaknesses or what things did Jesus come up against during his life that would make him able to empathize with me like sometimes we read the word but are we really reading the word are we really 
asking questions to get a better, are we studying it to show that selves approved? And so that's one way and another way that we can, you know, suffer with God, actually getting into the word, looking at how Jesus suffered and taking him at his word, taking him at his word. If he says that he is near to the brokenhearted and to those that are crushed in spirit, believe that. If he said that what we're suffering now is nothing compared to what will happen later, believe that. If he said that all things work together for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose, believe that. If he said that, if he who has begun a good working, you will bring it to completion until the day of Jesus Christ, believe that because his word is true. And he is not a man that he shall lie despite how you feel. It doesn't matter. We can be, you know, broke, busted, and disgusted, as I like to say. (laughs) But God is still God. And he is solid. And he is a firm foundation. I actually think that is the verse of the day um, from this morning, talking about the fact that builds their house on Jesus and on Jesus's teachings and on the word of God. They build their house on a solid rock. It is a solid foundation for us. So when we're going through the cares of life and, you know, we are going through the suffering, we're not shaken in our faith. We're not shaken in our salvation. Our salvation is still secure because we still trust and know that God is for us and that he is not against us and that no weapon that is formed against us will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us, we shall condemn. Those are the promises. Those are some of the promises that he is saying that we have, you know, an inheritance. That's part of our inheritance that we have in God, being children of God. And so Romans 8 continues in verse 24, it says, we were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't have yet, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays with us for groanings that cannot be expressed in words and so when we are in these periods of suffering we have to rely on the holy spirit who is able to pray on our behalf i don't know about you guys but when i'm going through it my prayer sounds so jumbled i'm like god i don't know what to pray god i don't know what to say lord just help (laughs) and don't get me wrong that is definitely a prayer and the lord will absolutely come through with that prayer um but when we're going through these tough situations it's not always easy to see what's taking place behind the scenes spiritually like God is all seeing he's all knowing and so he knows like the wars that are waging against us behind the scenes spiritually and we have to rely on the Holy Spirit who's like we don't know how to pray like we should he's not saying that we don't pray what we should because we know how to and we just don't say the right things he's like you don't even know how to pray on your own and so we have to rely on the Holy Spirit in these seasons of suffering, knowing that the Holy Spirit will pray on our behalf if we just sit with God, if we just posture ourselves and we say, Holy Spirit, I don't even know what to pray right now, but I'm trusting you. You will pray the right prayer. Every prayer that the Holy Spirit prays is perfect. So we don't have to worry about, you know, the prayer being off or us not saying the right thing because anytime the Holy Spirit prays, he's perfect. So every prayer that he prays, is perfect and it is going to be in perfect alignment with the will of God because of the fact that it is the Holy Spirit who is praying through us. Verse 27, and the Father who knows all hurt knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Again, he's praying perfect prayers back to God in perfect alignment with God's will for our lives. And this is the verse right here. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. 
God causes everything to work together for our good. God causes everything to work together for our good. We don't have to cause everything to work together for our good. If we follow the the steps before that relative to allowing the Holy Spirit to pray and being confident and holding on to that hope and that patience that it talked about, it's saying that God will then cause everything to work together for our good because we love him and because we are called according to his purpose. And we learned last episode that each and every one of us have a purpose in God. We were all handpicked by God for something specific. And so we are all called according to his purpose. And I'm going to drop down to verse 31. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Now, I know this says who, what could ever be against us? Who or what could ever be against us? Who, what, when, where, how could ever be against us if God is for us? He is for us and he is greater than any demonic force, any person that might try to speak against you that goes against what the word of God is saying. He is greater than anything. And because we are his children, we can take heart that he will not allow anything to come up against us and allow it to prosper. He is a good father. He cares about his children. He cares about us more than we will ever care about ourselves. And he has such a special plan for us. And his desire is to get us to that. But the enemy wants us to die in the process. And I keep saying that it doesn't have to just be a physical death. The enemy wants us to die spiritually. He wants us to totally and completely give up on God. He wants us to totally and completely go into isolation and allow ourselves to die spiritually. Because he he does not know maybe the specifics of where it is that God wants to take us because he's not on knowing, but he knows those who are marked. He knows who God has marked. And those who God has marked, he is not happy and he is not pleased. But we can take heart knowing that as we are hidden under the shadow of the Almighty, that he is keeping us safe. We don't have to fear the arrow by day or the moon by night because he is Jehovah Shonri. And we don't have any reason to fear because he is our banner. He is our protector. He is our defender. He is everything that we could ever need. And also he is our high priest. Jesus is our high priest who is able to empathize with us. We don't have to worry about, you know, him not understanding. If we go into the word of God, we can see what it is that Jesus Christ has gone through. So we don't have to worry about having a high priest that we can't empathize with. We don't have to worry about, you know, having to go to somebody else and having them go to God on our behalf. And the person who is standing in a gap for us, they can't even empathize with what it is that we're going through. We don't have that worry anymore because now Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is our high priest and he is able to empathize. He cares so deeply about what it is that we go through. And he's not laughing at us in our suffering. He's not laughing at us in our suffering at all, but the suffering is necessary for where it is that he is taking us. And again, just because you're suffering, it does not mean that you're always suffering with God or suffering um, for the sake of the gospel. So really go to God and be like, Lord, is what I'm going through right now? Like, is this because I'm in your perfect will? Or are there some things in me that need to be readjusted? Or do I need to come back into alignment with your will for my life? What is going on in this season? Ask him the difficult questions and believe that he will answer you. And it may not always be the way that you heard God in previous seasons. It may not be the way that you always thought you would hear God. But if you ask him and you genuinely have a sincere heart to hear from him, he will not leave you in a place where 
he doesn't speak to you. He won't do that to you because he loves you too much and he cares about you too deeply. So beloved, I hope that this episode was a blessing and an encouragement to you. I just want to say a prayer over each and every one of us. Because like I said, I know the enemy is moving in my life. Um, and so I just want to cover each and every one of you um, with the blood of Jesus because I know that no weapon formed against you will prosper. And I know that as God continues to do everything that he's doing in your life, the enemy will try to throw these little schemes, these stupid schemes and tactics. Um, but we just believe God and we trust God and we believe that he is with us and that he is for us in Jesus name. And so dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. I lift up each and every person that would hear this episode, each and every person that's under the sound of my voice, each and every person that follows this ministry or this podcast that you have given to me. I ask, Lord God, that you would touch them from the crime they head to the soles of their feet. Dispatch your angels to take charge over them, Lord God. Go ahead of them everywhere that they go, Lord God. I ask that your spirit would dwell there. And I thank you that because your spirit dwells on the inside of them, that your presence is with them everywhere that they go. And they don't have a reason to fear because you are with them and you are for them and you care about them. I thank you, Lord God, for being faithful. I thank you for being kind. I thank you for being compassionate. And I thank you, Jesus, for being a high priest that we are able to empathize with, that you empathize with us because you were tempted with all things, yet you were without sin. So I thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that we can come to you and we can trust that you will intercede for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance everything that the Lord has spoken over our lives. I thank you, Jesus. And I just ask that you would just continue to comfort us, continue to just give us mercy. Your mercy is new every morning. So that I ask that each and every morning that you allow us to see another day, we would lean into your new mercies for that day. Thank you for your grace, which is your supernatural ability to do that which we cannot do in our own strength. We cannot do this without you, Lord God. We cannot, we don't know the plans that you have for us. We don't know what it is that you're calling us to. We don't know the things that you have placed on the inside of us. Only you know that. So God, we need you and we are desperate for you. And if you don't do it, Lord God, it won't get done because we are not able. You said to come to you as a child. We are your children. So God, we are coming to you as our heavenly father, knowing that you will work out the king's scene. You will do everything that you said that you will do in our lives. So God, I just thank you. I thank you for the plans that you have for them, plans that are good and not evil, plans to give them a future. And I hope I speak life over their thoughts. I pray, Lord God, that the mind, that they will have the mind of Christ, that they will be able to see situations clearly, that they will be able to discern what it is that is happening around them, Father God. Give them eyes to see, Lord God, and I just bind up every tactic and every scheme and every plan and every plot and every ploy of the enemy that will try to come against them, Father God, in the name of Jesus. No weapon formed against them will prosper, God, and I ask that every tongue that rises against is done, Father God, the day will you will give them the words to condemn because that is what your word says. In the name of Jesus, God, thank you that they are the head and not the tail. Thank you that they are above and they are not beneath. I thank you that no weapon, I just keep hearing that, no weapon formed against them will prosper. In the name of Jesus, the weapon they form, but it will not prosper. It will not penetrate your heart. It will not penetrate your spirit. It will not penetrate your soul. Hallelujah. So God, I just thank you. Cover them, Lord God, with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That name that is above every name, the name at which demons flee and demons tremble all we have to do is call on your name god so god we just say jesus in this moment we just call on your name jesus and we thank you that you are not having this expectation that we are going through this season by ourselves but you are right here with us in the midst you are ahead of us you've gone behind us you are 
beside us. You are all around us. Your spirit is within us. So God, we are confident and we trust you because you are our only hope and we cannot make it without you, God. There is none like you, God. And so God, we just thank you that what we are suffering now is not worthy to be compared to what it is that you will bring out of us later on. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Have a good day, beloved. I will talk to you guys soon. Take care. 